Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 358, Our Experiences with Healthcare Sharing. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And we are rounding out November, um, better late than never, with our annual health insurance adjacent episode. Uh, And this one is not about insurance. It's about healthcare sharing because Jill and I both use healthcare sharing as we are uh, self-employed, employed by ourselves, and our bosses refuse to get a company a health insurance plan. It, mm. It's us. We refuse. Mm. Uh, so we're going to talk about our experiences. We've actually used them. We don't just pay for them and not use them. We have uh, used them, and we're going to look at some articles, talk about our experience, and see if maybe it's something you might be interested in using. But first, this episode is brought to you by the nice kid at recess. They always noticed that you weren't picked for any of the games, like literally zero. This seems seems personal. They waited for you to tie your shoe and walked with you to the nurse's office with after you got hit. With every (laughs) single ball on the playground, straight to the face, one after the other. And they knew that sharing was caring. And today, we are being the nice kid at recess. Not just by sharing, but by giving away $1,000. You heard that right. We're giving one lucky Frugal Friends listener $1,000 real USD to spend on whatever you want. Ideally, it's going to be treating yourself. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash pamper, like when you pamper yourself, P-A-M-P-E-R, to enter the giveaway. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If you can't dodge a wrench, you can also not dodge a ball and they all come flying at you. Every single time, straight to the face. I wouldn't even be playing the games. I'd be somewhere else on the playground. Boom. And then you also get hit by a wrench for some reason. Uh, So it's just chaos. So uh, $1,000, we're going to give that to you. Mm -hmm. One person. One Mm -hmm. lucky person. You'll get picked by the nice kid at recess. Mm-hmm. Maybe for not for a thousand dollars, but you can always try. And even if you don't want a thousand dollars, because we know some people do not want a thousand dollars, entering the giveaway helps us create more giveaways in the future, maybe of things that you will like. So frugalfriendspodcast.com slash pamper. Uh, so our annual health insurance, if you want one that's more on the topic of open enrollment. Check out the episode we did last year with uh, our friend Eileen Doherty 
Uh, it is episode 254, How to Save Money on Health Insurance, Open Enrollment Explained. So she talks a little bit more, bit more about uh, how you can make open enrollment decisions and save money without sacrificing the level of insurance that you need. Uh, and then we also have episode 230, Negotiating Medical Bills with Dr. Virgie Bright-Ellington. Uh, we just talked about that on our last episode. This is such a... Uh, this is an episode we personally recommend to so many of our friends. Uh, it is, and our our bill of the week last last episode, she saved, what was it? She saved 90% on her hospital bill, brought from like $800 to $90 uh, using what she learned in episode 230. So definitely episodes to queue up for after this one. But we want to talk about our experiences with healthcare sharing ministries. Um, if you are not sure what a healthcare sharing ministry is, it is a an alternative to health insurance where people pay into a, a quote-unquote monthly share uh, and it's paid into a pot and people will share medical expenses with the group. Uh, so, very similar, but not it. Um, so we'll we'll talk about some of the similarities and differences as we go through. <laughs> so this first article comes from UHSM, and it's titled Four Key Differences Between Health Share Ministries and Health Insurance. So I think as we go through this, we will get a sense for just what are health share ministries and how do they differ which I, even with having a health share ministry to address our medical expenses, I even learned a lot going through this article. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go through all of these. The first key difference, and this is coming, this is a, probably a little more biased towards healthcare sharing ministries because it's from United Healthcare Sharing Ministries, but the first is affordability. So we all know health insurance plans are very expensive. Honestly, that's the primary reason most people choose healthcare sharing is for the affordability. Uh, so health insurance plans have been increasing. Um, in 2019, the annual premiums for uh, health insurance for a household with four cost $20,000. And those costs don't even include out-of-pocket expenses that health insurance policyholders have to cover on their own. Members of health share ministries, uh, however, they pay a lot less. They can save as much as 50% compared to traditional health insurance plans. Uh, so that's the main reason, honestly, for choosing healthcare sharing. Uh, and and we definitely, that's, that's the reason both Jill and I are on these healthcare sharing ministries because we just, you know, counted the costs and, and it was more affordable. But I will say, so part, I am the only one in my family of four on a healthcare sharing plan. Um, my husband and two children are both on his insurance. And so what we, we looked at the cost of having all of us on his insurance and it was more affordable to and with the amount of times our kids need to go to the doctor, we just we calculated the cost, the average, and found that it's more beneficial us to have insurance for the kids. Uh, and so if we're going to have insurance for the kids, we've got to have it for Travis too. But we save money by like a couple hundred bucks a month just by me being on the healthcare sharing and then being on insurance. So it's not an either or. It can be just kind of a hybrid. Uh, it's it's up to you to to figure that out. And hopefully this episode will help you do that. Yeah, they referenced too in here, even before getting into the four main differences, that there's this pocket of society within the U.S. of those who certainly earn well over the federal poverty limit, but still fall short of being what they might call, quote unquote, financially comfortable. And so for those who are choosing regular insurance options, sometimes healthcare can represent a significant portion of the family budget each month. And so, yeah, that's where these healthcare sharing ministries 
come into play and can be helpful just regarding affordability month to month and sometimes with the out-of-pocket expenses. So then number two, as far as main differences go, is organizational aim, meaning what is a health insurance company's organizational aim versus a health share ministry's organizational aim. And for typical health insurance companies, they are for-profit organizations. So they are going to charge premiums for policies in order to make money. That's just how they function. That's how most businesses function. You're going to have to have some degree of markup to be profitable. And so we, the consumers, are going to be the ones who who pay for that if we're going the traditional health insurance route. Whereas for health care sharing ministries, they are nonprofits. So contributions are collected in order to cover medical expenses for the members. It all kind of goes into a pool and a pot and is distributed amongst members. So you're not paying as much for some of that profitability of the organization, but rather sharing medical costs of those involved within that community. So very different, of course, how a nonprofit versus a for-profit might be set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third is eligibility and payment of medical expenses. And so this is what this is the main driver away from these programs. So health insurance programs are bound um, or, or were kind of iffy, bound by mandates, which dictate that all individuals must be accepted into plans, um, including those in poor health, pre-existing conditions. Health share ministries, on the other hand, are not mandated by that. So membership eligibility is based on the standards that a particular ministry outlines, and each um, program has different standards. Uh, So even if you don't qualify for one, that doesn't mean you won't qualify for any of them. Um, Mm -hmm. But in this way, health share ministry members don't have to pool their contributions in an insurance pool that doesn't choose its members based on lifestyle or health levels. And they have the freedom to share the cost of medical care with other like-minded individuals. So it's, so one of the main, um, of these eligibility things is, um, is signing a statement of faith for, for a lot of, not all, but, but most of them. And so, uh, you have to sign a statement that you agree with the faith, like foundation of the you know quote unquote ministry, and so um, I mean we're we're comfortable in doing that. I'm I'm pretty sure that the one I'm on Liberty doesn't require you to have the same faith. It just requires you to accept that the nonprofit the ministry operates from that's from that statement of faith. So Mm -hmm. I like that about, about Liberty, but so that, that is a, a a primary barrier, but also the, the lifestyle agreements, you have to agree to live a certain lifestyle. So, and it's, it's different again for every program, but there's usually you have to fill out a questionnaire about, um, like smoking, drinking, you know, all recreational drugs, just kind of agreeing that you won't do anything illegal. So if you're prone to illegal activity, this isn't going to be the best uh, best route for you. But what that also means is that some medical expenses that are directly connected to those lifestyles would not be covered or available for sharing out of the pool. So for instance, if it is said that you know may- maybe lung issues that you're having are directly related to cigarette smoking and they're saying we don't cover things related to lifestyles of tobacco use then it's not going to be covered so i this is definitely the i think one of the biggest barriers for some people in choosing healthcare sharing ministries that uh, eligibility requirements or willingness to sign these different statements or agreements to lifestyle can be quite prohibit prohibitive to some whereas for others it's the affordability is the biggest priority and so some of these other things you might be willing to adhere to 
in order to save the amount of money. So definitely pros and cons. And that 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 one, that third one's certainly a big one. Mm-hmm. The last one on this list of the big differences between the two options is flexibility with available medical professionals. So for health insurance, typical health insurance companies, usually in an effort to keep costs well as low as possible on their side, they will restrict the choice of physicians and hospitals that policyholders can visit. Probably many of you are familiar with the rigmarole of maybe needing to change insurance and then possibly change doctors and call around to see who's in network and who's out of network and where can I go and where can't I go. And they may place limits on the types of medications that are made available, whereas healthcare, health share ministries often do not place such restrictions on the type of doctor or specialist that members can visit. So that's something to keep in mind as well. I will say from my experience, there is still a version of an in-network, out-of-network. It doesn't preclude me from being able to visit whoever I want. There just might be increased savings if I were to choose a, a doctor or office or hospital that is termed you know, kind of within, I don't know if they even use that exact language, but essentially within network. Still, I can choose wherever I want to go. I just might not see the same amount of savings. Hmm. Yeah. So as we get kind of more into revealing our stories, we'll go into this next article from GoodRx. Um, and it's called What is a Medical Cost Sharing Program? But we really want to talk in this one about like what questions should you ask before you join a medical cost sharing plan? Uh, and so the the first part of the article kind of covers what we already went through, but I will add this stat that more than 1.5 million Americans are members of these religion-based cost-sharing groups. So this isn't just a, you know, a fringe, uh, you know, group of people. There are a lot of people on these programs. Um, They do what they say, what they claim to do. Um, And so this is something that is a possibility to, for you to look into if you don't have a lot of medical concerns, a lot of reasons you go to the doctor. Uh, that's probably the biggest, you know, if I had a chronic health condition that I was going to the doctor for regularly, I I'm may be a little more hesitant. Uh, but I used this for my second pregnancy. I was on healthcare sharing. I had no insurance. And um, obviously going to the doctor a lot. And it was, there were some frustrations, but in the end, it was a very painless experience to use this. Um, I think it was about as painful as using insurance for my first birth. So I don't think it's any harder to use healthcare sharing, um, but that was like a season in my life. If if healthcare is something that you are, you know, dealing with constantly, then this is going to be a harder decision for you. But so we want to go through those questions you should ask mm-hmm. if you are thinking about it. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. And the first one is, well, the first one on this list is what are they? But we kind of already covered that. Um, So maybe we'll go into the second one, Jill. (laughs) Yeah. So an important question to ask is, can medical cost sharing be a better option than health insurance? Of course, the answer is ultimately going to be individualized. But as you ask this question, you can kind of look at the pros and cons of both what's going to fit for you. So those who are in support of medical cost sharing are often attracted by the lower monthly payments. So these programs typically call them share amounts, very similar to a a premium that you might pay with a regular insurance. So those monthly costs can be $100 or less for a single person. By contrast, a bronze level plan from the health insurance marketplace averages about $330 a month for that same one person. There, of course, are some government subsidies available that can bring that cost lower, but if you were just to compare them at face value, one is at least double, if not more, as far as insurance goes from these monthly share costs. And that's not to then talk about other out-of-pocket expenses. And so these cost-sharing plans can often get lower prices on treatment because the plans or their members pay healthcare providers directly, which does allow a lot more room for a different pricing structure with the healthcare providers or hospitals. And additionally, some of the healthcare sharing plans will cover some things that regular insurance does not. Examples of this include medical treatment overseas, if that's needed, funeral costs, sometimes even adoption expenses uh, at certain tiers and with certain types of healthcare sharing. Uh, So I think it really is going to depend on what types of coverage do you need? What is your biggest priority in considering whether medical cost sharing is better for you than health insurance? On the flip side, of course, medical cost sharing lacks some of the safeguards of regular health insurance, but it still can work for some people. Mm -hmm. So I have pulled up my plan. So I just want to, since we're talking about costs, um, I, you know, do not know what your health insurance costs. I can't tell you how it compares, but I can tell you what I am paying uh, and what I'm paying for. And just, you know, out of this one per this one healthcare sharing company um, or nonprofit, and you can start to compare. So I am personally with Liberty Health Share. Um, Jill, which one are you on? MediShare. MediShare, yes. Um, and I have been on Christian Healthcare Ministries in the in the way back. Uh, so this is uh, I got free health insurance when I was employed. So I stopped that one, and then when I left that job, went on to Liberty. So. I am on the highest tier of Liberty. So there's three tiers. Well, there's technically five, but one is for people on Medicare 65 plus, and the other one is for like 18 to 29-year-olds. And so 
I am on the highest tier of the one that I qualify for. And they actually break it down by age too. So if you're under 35, so basically, you know, 30 to 35, you get, or 30 to 34, you get one price, 35 to 49 gets a higher price, and then 50 plus gets a higher a higher price up until, you know, 65, that higher tier. Uh, and I'm on the most expensive tier. I am 34 years old, so I pay $259 a month. Um, my uh, AUA, which is my annual unshared amount, uh, this would be similar to, I guess, um, a deductible. And I'm, I will never, insurance terms are the one thing I will always confuse. I will never master. I will always have to Google. I'm, I'm a really bad personal finance expert um, when it comes to insurance. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But um, so my annual unshared amount is $1,000. Anything after uh, $1,000 is up to $1 million per incident is completely shared. That's what's on the highest tier. I chose that one because I knew I was going to get pregnant. I You have to be on it for at least, um, I think it's six to 10 months depending on the plan, on the program before you can, before you can get pregnant and have that pregnancy covered. So, which I was more than fine with because I've, you know, been on it for several years. Um, but I chose into this one specifically at a time when I was like, I think I'm going to get pregnant in the future. I'm going to choose this one now. So I have the right amount. And I didn't even get my birth control taken out until it was, you know, six months into this current program. But they have two other um, lower ones. So the the next lower one has the same annual unshared amount of 1,000. Uh, and then it is, um, there is a co-share of 15% um, after the AUA has been met. And then the lowest one, the AUA, is 4,000 per year. And there's a 25% co-share. But that one, I would be, if I was on that one, I'd be paying 159 a month versus the 259. So it's like $50 increments per month higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, it's a little higher, you know, if you're a couple or family, but still a lot better. So we are on a fairly low level, high deductible plan for um, Travis and the kids. And it was still cheaper for me to be on here. I think it was going to be an extra four or $500 a month to wow. put me on the insurance. And instead, I'm over here paying $259 per month. So even if there's if the person who's not um, owning the insurance policy maybe wants to look into getting onto healthcare sharing, that might be a way to save a couple hundred bucks a month is by mm-hmm. kind of doing the hybrid that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Eric and I pay right a, about $200 a month for the both of us, but we have a very high what is similar to a deductible. They don't call it that in the healthcare sharing world, but the deductible, what you would have to pay out of pocket before they start covering your expenses. We chose the $10,000 deductible, and that just has helped to dictate what is in our emergency fund. And, And certainly chose that during a time when we just did not have the money to spend more than $200 a month towards this, and we're not going to the doctor hardly ever. So that's what worked for us. Mm-hmm. So the next question you need to ask uh, before joining healthcare sharing program is what risks are associated? So unlike health insurance, the legal system can't force these programs to pay members medical bills. Um, and, but honestly, even in health insurance, it's very hard to get the, <laughs> yeah. them to pay for some medical bills. Um, but state governments have no control over healthcare sharing. In fact, 30 states have laws saying these plans are not bound by insurance company rules. Um, insurance watchdogs in at least 15 states have warned people to be careful with these plans, but these are, you know, insurance, (laughs) these are insurance people, insurance experts. Um, and they say the insurance department department can't assist you with any complaints about a healthcare sharing ministry. So you do need to read 
the book. They're gonna they have a book that you it's a it's a very thick magazine for for us. And it tells you all the things they cover, the things they won't cover, all of this. You got to know all of this stuff before you sign up. There are time restrictions, like with the pregnancy thing, like our like Liberty covered 100 percent of everything for my pregnancy after the AUA and covered it as one considered it one like expense. Um, And so we got like but I had to submit all of my claims for my pregnancy within six months of the um, the birth. So you have to, there's a time limit on when you could submit medical bills. It has to be within six months of the of the date of service. Uh, and if if it's after, they don't have any, they will not cover it. And that's, again, I only speak for liberty. Um, so yeah, and I think the only... The only bad thing, so sometimes the what I think the biggest reason we chose Liberty was because um, they would pay the provider directly. Some of these require you to pay the provider and they reimburse you. But I knew for a pregnancy, I was going to have a hospital stay. And lo and behold, I got a uh, $72,000 bill from my hospital for my C-section and three-day stay. That is a... a expansive hotel stay. That is expensive. Right. And I couldn't pay that and have somebody reimburse me. No way. So I submitted it to Liberty as soon as I got it. And they paid the provider directly. Some of them, they paid me. Um, I overpaid my AUA and they reimbursed me. Um, so, So all that. But then there was one snafu where I called and I thought they had prov- they had paid the provider, but they had actually p- paid me. So I'm like getting letters that I'm in collections. And I'm like, but no, but they said they paid it. And so I called again and I missed on the thing where it said it was paid, but it was paid to member. So I'd gotten a uh-huh. bunch of checks for overpaying my AUA. And I didn't know what they were all for. I just, I had a newborn. I just deposited the checks and, you know, it was like, yay money. Uh, and so that happened. That's what it was. And so I am <laughs> right now in collections. I have to pay this bill. Um, that just happened yesterday. But but yeah, so they were very diligent in paying me, reimbursing me. Literally, I, I submitted that $72,000 expense. And within a week, I logged back in to the portal and it was zeroed out. So that was fantastic. Very seamless. I think the biggest problem I had was with my um, doctor's office that I wanted them. I told I was like, you can bill the provider or sorry, you can bill the healthcare sharing. And they were like, no, we can't. And I was like, yes, you can. And they were like, okay, we will. And I was like, (laughs) cool. And they were like, nope, just kidding. And then I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I'm thinking I have to submit all these expenses. And in the meantime, they're submitting them too. So I, and that's another thing I found out when I was on this call, um, was it like yesterday or two days ago that they, I, that I had double sent in some bills because the doctor's office was sending them when I didn't know they were sending them. Um, so, so it can be confusing for some doctor's offices to um, figure out what to do with people on healthcare sharing. Is it annoying? Yes. Was it a deal breaker? No, because the things got paid. If they weren't going to do it, I could do it. And, you know, Liberty would pay it. I didn't have to pay $72,000 out of pocket. But so depending on which one you go to, having to pay out of pocket is a risk. Um, And sometimes there's limits on how many doctor visits they'll cover, um, the amount of coverage. So if I go in and the cost is under 200, they don't cover it. No matter what it is. If it's under $200, they don't cover it. Don't build, you know, don't submit it. So so some stuff like that. So you just have to read, read the book and mm-hmm. see and compare these um, programs before you go with one. 
Which goes to the next question, do medical cost-sharing plans cover all conditions? And the answer is no. (laughs) They they're not required to cover everything. And that's one of the reasons that they do cost less than regular health insurance. But these plans are not bound by the Affordable Care Act rules. So they do not have to cover pre-existing conditions. And they are also not bound. They can be exempt from having to cover the ACA's top 10 essential health benefits, which are ambulatory patient services, emergency services, pregnancy, maternity, and newborn care, mental health and substance use disorder services, prescription drugs, rehabilitative services and devices, laboratory services, preventative and wellness services, and pediatric services. Now, that doesn't mean that they do not cover these things. It just means that they don't have to. And that's where reading that book that Jen is describing, meaning the book that these healthcare sharing plans will give you outlining what will we cover, what will we not cover, that's going to help you determine, is this going to be the right option for you? Knowing what are you currently dealing with? What might you be dealing with in the future? What are you certain you want them to cover? What do you not care about? Are there aspects that they aren't going to cover that don't pertain to you? So that's no problem. So it's just worth noting that they don't, they're not bound to cover these things, but it doesn't mean that they won't. Yeah. So I was just uh, looking up kind of like, what is the ambulance policy for, for Liberty? And so they have the right to dictate what is emergency and non-emergency. So expenses resulting from transportation by ambulance for conditions that will not seriously jeopardize the sharing member's health or life are not eligible for sharing. Uh, but if it is deemed uh, you know, seriously jeopardizing to their life, uh, those travel things can be sh- eligible for sharing. So, um, and any additional expenses for transportation to a facility, not the nearest facility capable of providing medically necessary care are not eligible for sharing. So again, you should be reading these things when you have insurance, right? You have to know which providers are in network, which are not, uh, which hospitals are in network, which ones are not. And we, and we talk a lot about that in our open enrollment episode from last year. But you have to do the same thing with healthcare sharing. So it's not different. These just because these healthcare sharing services don't have to provide care like an insurance company doesn't mean they don't. Um, you just have to be aware of what they do and do not. So the next question to ask is: Can you lose your membership in a medical cost sharing plan? And the answer is yes. So each plan's guidelines spell out the rules for members. And if you don't meet those, again, it's mostly the lifestyle stuff, you can actually be dropped from a plan, which is, it's a lot harder for insurance. Now, this this points out that a lot, like, it, you can be dropped for, like, religious reasons. That That is very rare in these plans nowadays. Nobody is, nobody really cares if, you know, what you're doing behind closed doors. Um, I think I haven't looked up kind of like what you can be dropped for on Liberty, but they these plans do come with that stipulation. So that's another uh, thing to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think more often they just might not cover expenses over being dropped, but I, yeah. I would imagine it depends on how often you're submitting expenses that may not be in line with what you've already signed and agreed to not be engaging in, but haven't haven't heard of it, but I guess it is possible. And then the last question to ask is just a series of questions. So here's some other ones that may or may not pertain to you, but worth considering if you're looking into these options, including What are the plan's lifestyle rules? What are you going to have to sign? Can you, in good conscience, sign that? What will I have to pay out of pocket? What, if anything, does the plan guarantee it will cover? Will my doctor accept the plan? Is there any sort of network of providers? If I have a pre-existing condition, what are the rules for cost sharing? 
when I have doctor bills, does the plan pay them directly? Do I cover them? And then the plan pays me back. Like, what is that process? Because Jen's process with Liberty is different from my process with MediShare. So some of these healthcare sharing networks do approach that process differently. How do I appeal a sharing decision? And finally, how does the plan suspend a member's coverage? Like, If it gets to that point, what does that look like? I'm sure there's plenty of other questions, but this is a really good start as you're considering what's going to be the best fit for you. And speaking of good fits, best fits, right fits, we got the fit, the fit for everybody. The The Bill of of the the Week! for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi guys, love the podcast. So I have had to tighten my budget recently and was looking around for ways I could save money. And I realized I was spending about $50 a month, not including tip on my haircuts. I have a pretty short pixie cut. And um, so it has to be maintained pretty frequently. And I, I was going in for cuts about four weeks, maybe every five weeks if I could push it. And I was thinking about it and how I could save money. And I decided to take the step of shaving my head. And I gave myself a buzz cut um, at home in my bathroom, got my teenage daughter to help me. And it is something I've always kind of wanted to do, but never felt brave enough to try. And I realized that um, by shaving it all off, I could save $50 a month and rock an amazing buzz cut. My teenager loves it. She thinks it's the coolest thing ever. And I've been getting so many compliments and I actually love it. So that's my bill of the week. I no longer am spending 50 plus dollars a month on my haircuts because now I have an awesome buzz cut. Thanks. Oh my gosh. And you have an awesome bonding time with your daughter who's helping to buzz it. I love it. This is amazing. This is problem solving. (laughs) outside of the box thinking. I I love the the choice that you made in this and how it was congruent with something you actually wanted. Like I could never tell somebody just shave your head to save money on haircuts and that's like a quality financial decision for everybody. But the part that stood out to me was you saying you've always wanted to do this, but never felt brave enough. And this was kind of the push that you needed to cut costs in that way by cutting your own hair, becoming brave, loving it, Mm. bonding with your child. Like this is so amazing. I love the way that you've chosen to shave, save, (laughs) save by shaving. I don't know what it is like in this time in our lives. Like I, so my friend Alina, she, uh, she buzzed her hair and that same thing. She said she's always wanted to do it and then just finally did it. And I mean, I take take charge. If if wow. this is something you thought about, like it is your time. It the people are with you. I love it. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum by saving by never cutting my hair. That it is where I am. Grows and grows One hair and cut. grows and grows. One haircut a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Uh, regardless of where you're at, if you've got a bill to submit to us, if it has to do with saving by shaving, budget cutting by cutting your own hair or your name is bill whether or not you have hair visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill leave us your bill we can't wait 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for the lightning round. Pew, pew. So for today's lightning round, um, we, so the question is like, would you recommend healthcare sharing? Why or why not? I don't think I can really say whether I recommend it because I don't know you. Like, I don't know the effort you're willing to put into like negotiating costs, self-care, because some you can, if you get a bill and whatever you negotiate down, they'll take that part as your, as part of your annual unshared amount. So if you are good at that and you want to do that, it's really cool. Like it's really good for you. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's not. Uh, I think for, for me, I can only speak for me and my family. Uh, it it made sense for us because we don't go to the doctor often. We do not have any chronic health care conditions. We don't have any um, like mental health care uh, conditions that we seek out, you know, <laughs> that, that we seek help for. We just like bury them down deep inside. Um <laughs> Just kidding. We don't do that. Uh, so so it made sense for us, right? And even um, when I had the opportunity for free insurance, obviously I took it. And then when that was taken away from me so rudely, then we went, we, Travis and I just had insurance for a few years because it wasn't that expensive. And now that we have children, it's different. So you reevaluate every season in your life, right? So there was a while so in Florida, under four, kids can be on um, Medicaid, Medicids, uh, and we don't get it for free. It's based on income, whether you get it for free or not, but you can still be on the plan and it's very inexpensive, even full price. So Kai was on Medicids for the first four years of your life, and both of us were on healthcare sharing, and that saved us money. So look at your state, county, city, whatever's. Um, programs for insurance, compare it to some of the top healthcare sharing providers uh, and and see the options that you have for just saving a little bit. Uh, see see what your options are because it can it is a way to temper one of those fixed 
quote unquote fixed expenses that we all view as fixed, but can actually be creatively lowered. You know, it's not right for everyone, but I have personally had a good experience with uh, with Liberty. We are not paid by them, but I just literally found out 10 seconds ago that anybody who signs up based on my referral, I could get a $150 gift card. So let me know if you sign. Yeah, let me know if you sign up. But yeah, I mean, and Liberty has like all of the, I mean, not all of, but a lot of the benefits that I would have used, that I would have assumed only traditional insurance had, like um, telehealth. There's free mm-hmm. telehealth from Liberty. I just download an app and I have several times um, used their telehealth for free. And then yes. they just call in my prescription and I go pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a um, like a, a good RX type of um, sa- like savings plan for prescriptions. Uh, they have a dental savings plan. Uh, they have one for eye- eyewear. Um, they even I just found out have uh, discounts on LASIK, which I should have checked before I got Oops. LASIK. Oopsies. Right. Um but yeah, mm-hmm. I um, yeah, I really like it, and it's got a lot of the things I like. I you know had a good experience with my maternity care. I got to pick, I got to use my doctor that I like. I got to stay in the hospital for the entire time that I was able to. I literally I stayed an extra night and day um, than I did with Kai because I wanted to get home with Kai and with the second one, I was like, please keep me as long as I am able to stay. Uh, (laughs) I never got, my mother-in-law said she stayed in the hospital 10 days after she had Travis. Um, And I was like, what, why? And now I get it. Uh, So, so yeah. And I didn't have to worry about any of those costs um, not being covered. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah. I would say similarly, it's definitely an individual choice and decision. You know yourself best. For for me and Eric, affordability was the biggest piece and factor, knowing that we're relatively healthy. We don't go to the doctors that often. What I primarily utilize the doctor for is I've got a head cold or something else that I, I know what's going on. I can utilize the free telehealth if a prescription's needed they can call it in and and just keep costs so so low. So if that's if you're in a similar position then then it could be worth it. Another benefit that we have through MediShare is that they will give additional discounts for uh, he- healthy living. So beyond the whole like lifestyle thing that you have to sign if you are willing to submit blood pressure, height, weight, Uh, you've kind of said, yes, we exercise, we live this healthy lifestyle, we're low risk for for certain medical conditions, they give an even greater discount to your monthly share amount. Um, So that's been a benefit to us as well. Two other things, though, that I will note didn't come up in these other articles that are worth considering if you are in this process of wondering what's best is to look into the process of what it means to adjust your monthly share amount or adjust your the equivalent of the deductible. When I when we first went on MediShare, I had a lower uh, essentially annual deductible. Again, that's not what they call it, but it's what I'm going to call it for the sake of understanding. So we were at about maybe a four thousand dollar annual deductible. At one point when I was just kind of readjusting all of our bills and expenses and realizing that we've been on this plan for six to eight years and we hardly ever use it, it didn't feel like the monthly amount was worth it for me for that lower deductible. So that's when I chose to increase it to the $10,000 deductible. More recently, I've been interested in decreasing that amount, But only then did I realize that it's quite a process to change it. I don't know if this would be the case for all types of sharing plans, but when I called, you you have to incrementally drop down your annual deductible. So they could have dropped me down from $10,000 to $9,000 annually, which would increase my monthly. I'd have to wait six months 
before I could drop again. So if if I'm starting at 10,000 and I want to see myself back at 5,000, I mean, we're talking years before I'm going to get there. And then I asked, well, then what's why would I not just cancel and restart? And they were saying, yes, you could do that. But like we said at the beginning of this episode, for many of these health sharing ministries, they won't start providing benefits to you until six months after signing up. So yes, I could drop them and re-become a member, but nothing would be covered for me or go towards my annual share amount until six months of being on the plan and paying monthly. So that's just worth stating. Make sure that you lock yourself in at a good annual deductible because to change or or to go to a lower level annual deductible might be quite a cumbersome process. I also have recently learned, at least with the sharing that we utilize with MetaShare, that even with your annual deductible, it's not as if every medical expense you pay goes towards that annual deductible. Not everything is eligible for sharing. So you may pay out of pocket for care that doesn't even count towards your medical deductible. So one of the things that MediShare specifically doesn't cover is just like routine preventative care. So like a pap smear. If you're going for a pap smear, they're not going to cover it. And the amount that you pay towards a pap smear doesn't even count towards your deductible. So clearly not sponsored by them because that's, in my estimation, that's not that's not great. Um, it's something I'm willing to do. I think overall, annually, it's, it is still less expensive for us than if I were to get on a traditional health insurance plan. But these are the things that are worth knowing before making the switch or, or signing up. Yeah. Liberty. One of the reasons I chose Liberty was that they do cover like primary care, like yearly preventative. So you have to be on for at least two months. Um, and then any annual preventative wellness visit and related lab work um, for which there are like no symptoms or diagnoses in advance are eligible for sharing up to a max of four hundred dollars. Uh, and they but they do have um, some like unshared amounts per visit. So like a primary care doctor would just be twenty five. Uh, you'd have to pay twenty five for that. And then the mat like beyond it would be like that. Um, and then they have unshared amounts for like the emergency room is 500, uh, CT scans, MRIs, 200, but that's very comparable to insurance too. those, those prices. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, not sponsored by Liberty, but I, you know, things I, I've, I've liked them. I mean, they're really the only thing they say they explicitly will not share, um, are things that are outside of their sharing guidelines. So again, like if you're taking illicit drugs and something happens, they don't cover anything related to results of, um, you know, drug use or smoking. Um, so I believe stuff like Liberty- that. And then you have to be on s- six consecutive months before they will share anything maternity related. Okay. That, yeah, I, I have a couple of friends on Liberty, and I think with them, you have to be on a specific tier to get maternity covered. And that wasn't great for a friend recently. Whereas, mm. so like for MediShare, for example, any tier you're on, medical care or um, maternity care is covered. But I, I believe it's Liberty. You have to select the one that would cover it. So they were in a position where they thought that they were covered and then got pregnant and then come to find out they weren't on the right tier of the medical share plan and and then couldn't switch because you can't switch once you do become pregnant. Hmm. So that wasn't a great experience for them. So it, it really is a matter of doing due diligence. With yeah, this. I am. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the maternity care and it does say any of the programs okay. are so maybe it now. wasn't you know what maybe it was yeah. chm sorry liberty it was yeah CHM any then. unite liberty connect essential even the 18 to 29 or the 65 plus plans oh i don't yes. know why you would... <laughs> so, yes get um, it just as long as you've been on six consecutive months so yeah 
I mean, so if this causes you to sign up for Liberty, you better reach out to me on Instagram so I can get that gift card. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're listening and this prompts you to do that, I'm no shame. Tell me so I can get a gift card because Liberty ain't paying me, <laughs> except for they pay my medical expenses. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love, love, love reading your kind reviews. We especially love this one from Poison Blackberries. I love that wow. name. Uh, and they say, great tips from great chicks. This is a wonderful podcast with helpful finance tips. Jen and Jill are so genuine and helpful, and I love hearing their open and honest personal perspective. They have a wide variety of topics, and their concept of the radical middle is so valuable and should be applied in all areas of life. So happy I found this podcast, and I enjoy the fun banter between the hosts. I love the recent story of Jill's pans and how she fixed them and returned the new set excited for your upcoming book. Yay. I'm still wondering about those poison blackberries. No, that's just your name. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. And and yeah. I'm glad that you enjoyed the story. Thanks so much for listening. If you all are listening and you are hearing this review and it's inspiring you to want to take a minute and leave a rating and a review, that is one of the best gifts you can give to us and others because it helps potential new listeners know if this is going to be a good fit for them. So please go rate and review us. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.